AgTech360 discusses breakthrough technologies that are impacting growers, businesses, and consumers. Hear from industry and academic experts about what's on the horizon. Hi, I'm Adrian Percy, Executive Director of the North Carolina Plant Sciences Initiative, and I'm really excited about both the topic and the guests that we have today on the pod. Uh, Professor Mike Kudinoff is uh, from our department here at NC State of Computer and Electrical Engineering in the College of Engineering. And he's going to share a little bit about his research, which focuses on the use of sensors in agriculture. So many of us, I mean, everyone, I think, is familiar about the use of sensors in today's world in sectors such as the automobile sector, manufacturing, aviation, and all of these types of good things. But now they're making their way into the ag space, and I'm really excited to kind of understand that a little bit better with with Mike. So welcome, Mike. Hello. Great to be here. I always like to start talking about people's background, and I'm particularly excited with you as an engineer who has chosen to work in the agricultural field. So I'm really interested to hear about your background and, and how you got into really working in, in ag when I guess you could have been working in one of these other sectors, or maybe you do as well, um, that I just mentioned. Well, I was originally I was born and raised in Anchorage, Alaska, and so my first hobby was gardening. So I like to garden. Um, Alaska is not always the best place to do that. Uh, you get three months of growing season. You can only grow certain things like broccoli and cold season types of vegetables. I did try corn once. It did not grow very tall. I've also enjoyed astronomy and astrophotography growing up. And so that really drove me to the University of Alaska Fairbanks, where I studied electrical engineering. And then after that, moved on to the University of Arizona in Tucson to study optics. So, and so after that, mostly doing a lot of infrared sensing type instrumentation development and sensor development and calibration. And around 2015, 2016, uh, Gary Payne, who was in the Department of Plant Pathology here, uh, reached out to me and, and really interested in agriculture. And that, that's really the kind of first hook that I had, you know, the first opportunity to really combine sensing optics and agriculture and plants. So Alaska to Arizona to North Carolina. So if nothing else, you're very adaptable when it comes to different climatic conditions and I guess, you know, different agricultural production systems as well, such as it is in Alaska, as you described. So thank you for that. So can we talk a little bit generally first about the use of sensors in ag? I mean, where are we right now and how prevalent are are they used to, you find? Yeah, so I think sensors in agriculture provide opportunities for rapid screening, really good opportunities for post-harvest monitoring, inventory management, early pathogen sensing. But I think there's, a, there's still a large gap between um, the amount of sensors that you see in a car and in everyday life, even in a grocery store, versus in agriculture, simply because the uh, space and time scales are so immense. You know, yearly time scales to get one cycle of data, tens of thousands of acres. You know, these are very challenging problems to get even one sensor across, let alone a sensor network. Powering these things, getting data off these things is very challenging. Um, but I think the, the applications, like I mentioned, early pathogen detection can really help support a lot of decision management in the space. 
so so listening to what you've just said, Mike, it sounds to me like we're moving beyond the the research of sensors in ag, for instance, what's you know what we're going to talk about with your research, but actually now into application in the field where growers, be it in North Carolina or in other parts of the world, are actually using these sensors as part of their everyday kind of production um, systems. Yes, yeah. So I think there's there is this transitive piece now that we have a lot of sensors to choose from that's enabling us to be able to put these in, into actual production environments. There's a gap between the people who are making the sensors and the decision makers and and really the the people who are designing the sensors need to be able to understand what the decisions are in order to be able to tailor the sensors to that use case, to the given use case or the problem. And often I found that you can use just standard sensors. You don't need fancy sensors at this time to help support decisions. And I think that's the biggest insight that I've had. A lot of it takes not only getting the sensor out there, but the data ingress, data management, what metrics do you present to the stakeholders? How do they think? Because the way I think and the way others think in a research environment, it's not what they think in a production environment. Yeah, those nuances are, are interesting. I mean, I was just thinking as you were talking about, you know, driving in this morning in my car and changing lane and getting an alert that there was someone coming up on the inside of me in, on I-40, which is certainly of use to me. But it's not a sensor that I was even, you know, conscious of and... Um, but, but of in, uh, immense value in that particular situation. But I guess you're talking about as well where uh, these sensors are providing data and information that are allowing growers to, to make decisions, or hopefully they will in the future. But that, that is complex, right, and requires training and certain user-friendliness of these types of, of sensors. And I guess not every grower is going to feel comfortable with, you know, always the use of, of complicated you know, sensors in, the, in, their, in their setup. So is that one of the kind of hurdles that we need to overcome in the next few years? Yes, and, and I think, you know, the uh, i program, uh, one of my students, Enrique Pena, was involved in that, uh, which is a commercialization thing. Where in that case, you're really just focused on stakeholder problems. You don't have a technology, you don't have a solution, you're just trying to figure out what the bottlenecks are. Um, and we're working on a, a separate program but data science for food and ag systems program with David Roberts, Danny Jones, Cranos Williams, Lorian Pratt, Nadine Malcolm. Uh, Lorian and Nadine are part of a company, Quantelia, and they really focus on what's called decision intelligence. And it's really just a framework that allows researchers like us to elicit how a stakeholder makes a decision. So companies are doing this all the time, but in agriculture, it's very challenging to build up that data. And that data relies on the sensors. Those sensors can be novel new sensors or not. It just depends on what the needs are. And I think that's the key. What are the needs to get to the outcome that you want? So, so talking about um, you know, data and, and data analytics, so can you talk you know, a little bit more about how the data gathered from various sensors of various types you know can then translate into information which informs those decision making and you know why is data analytics important you know to this whole process 
yeah so i think there's there is like in a sweet potato packing facility there's a tremendous number of sensors but a lot of times those sensors and imaging cameras are making a one-off decision they take an image they get a metric they kick it out on a certain line and then the data disappears and so i think just First step number one, record that, record all that data associated with the metadata. What field did it come from? When was it harvested? What are the other ca characteristics? Like when was it fertilized and so on? I think really the first step is building up that historical perspective and then trying to go back and use that for data mining from the point of view of a decision intelligence or decision map. So now we have this pool of data. Does it help us address? or solve or model any of these intermediaries. Um, you don't necessarily need a new sensor for that. Then you can kind of take a step back and say, well, what are the gaps? You know, internal quality characteristics is a gap. There aren't any sensors or not very many sensors that, especially not commercially available, that let you see inside a sweet potato. So now you can kind of start thinking well, there's a new novel sensor here. Maybe we get some research funding to look at that and see how we can translate it. Um, but really, the whole the outcome, the objective of many sweet potato packers or really any production system is to increase profitability. And so reducing waste, you know, making decisions that optimize what you're packing for the day and matches that to what your orders are. You know, that's a pretty straightforward optimization, straightforward high-level optimization problem, but can have tremendous impact in terms of increasing your profitability, reducing waste, and so forth. The North Carolina Plant Sciences Initiative impacts lives through innovative applications and discoveries. By leveraging cutting-edge research and technology, we address global challenges related to agriculture, sustainability, and human health. So you're alluding to the Sweet Apps project that I wanted to ask you about, and also sweet potatoes, which of course are a very important crop here in North Carolina. This Sweet Apps project, who was involved, and you know what kind of technologies did you deploy in that? What what has been the outcome of that of that project? So it's a Sweet Apps is a project led by Kranos Williams out of electrical and computer engineering, um, co-led by Danny Jones out of BioNag and Kara Grieger out of Ecology. Um, we also have involvement from Craig Yencho in the breeding program. And so we really see... So know, it's truly interdisciplinary. Yes, in yes, sense, yeah. yes. And I think that's, the, that's another common theme is this interdisciplinarity and also stakeholder engagement. So I think that's really what's been enlightening to me. So far we have involvement from three sweet potato producers in North Carolina. Uh, so I, we're, we're really trying to expand the reach. We started with one, now then we had two, now we have three. Um, we're really trying to translate these technologies out into their production facilities. But first, we're really focused on meeting with one stakeholder on a regular basis, w monthly, to really understand their workflow, their gaps, their problems, how do they think about their problems before deploying any kind of technology. So really looking at um, what are the, the cultivars and maybe the environmental conditions under which they've been produced to produce that more consistent 
grade one, grade A, grade one USDA, uh, which ultimately is going to result in more value for for the sweet potato grower and the packets, I guess. You know, sweet potatoes is one crop very relevant to North Carolina. I'm assuming that some of these technologies or all of them could be applied to different crops, either here locally or nationally or even internationally. But, you know, general questions, what, what do you see the future? I mean, what do you see as the opportunities for sensors in ag and in food production moving forward? Yeah, I think, I think it's really just trying to get more stakeholders involved in adopting these technologies. I mean, even just the baseline, save your data in a manageable way. You know, it's not trivial to save your data. It's not trivial to come up with that data. And I guess save it in a format that's usable for the researcher, which, yeah. which is, I know, a big issue in terms of getting very heterogeneous data that, that's difficult to, to manipulate or to analyze. Yes, yes, exactly. So I think, you know, is it structured? Is it unstructured? What kind of data? And every, every stakeholder or every production system will kind of have its own way of doing things. There's commonalities among stakeholders within that production system that can be exploited, but you don't necessarily know what those are until you're really having those deep conversations. Um, and like Mike Boyette out of Bio and Ag Engineering has been instrumental in connecting us. He's been working for decades in this space, has been super instrumental in connecting us to those stakeholders in sweet potatoes. But there has to be, you know, there's other people like that, really core extension agents or you know, people who are really focused on that production system that researchers like myself need to be connected to to get the stakeholders' ears, you know, so to speak. Because um, if I go out of, come out of the blue, I'm like, ah, you know, who are you? Um, so I, I think Really, it's just kind of establishing what the landscape is for a given production system, and then uh, trying to figure out what those barriers to entry are. Um, so, Mike, thank you for taking us into the world of sensors. <laughs> I feel like this is obviously a very emerging area of agricultural technology, and it, and and you know, as you've kind of alluded to. There are a lot of more elements than just the sensor itself. That perhaps is maybe one of the simpler parts. It's the data collection uh, and analytics, and it's um, understanding what is the intended outcome and what will contribute to getting to that preferred outcome. Anyway, thank you so much. AgTech360 shares relevant news and breakthroughs with audiences across the globe. Stay connected and join the conversation by following NCPSI on social media.